Um, that's going to be the first one. And the next one is Matthews and, and Matthews is the Leafs McDavid, right? You know, you can't, once you have a talent like that, you can't let go of them, especially at center. So going from there, you're, you ain't trading Johnny Tavares, like, cause then nobody's taking that contract right now. Yeah. Like it ain't. So you're left with Nylander and Marner. So I think one of those or both are gone. baby we're off and running with episode 164 of left side heavy the podcast my name is jevin lefave your co-host of the podcast and we also have hayden barton co-host as well and we are joined by long ago guest of the show reoccurring there guest you go of the show some might call him a grease ball from the six because he's a leafs fan currently down in the city of ohio my uncle Chris, Chris Middleton, not the Milwaukee Buck shooting guard. Complete right. opposite of that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't a six foot six uh, black dude that went to Texas A and M, uh, and yeah, don't know how yeah. to spell my first name. I got. I feel bad for that cat, man. He has yeah. enough trouble. Like, no, no, no. It's Chris with a K. Oh wait, hold on. No, no, no. There's an H in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that poor fucker. He's got a big problem. With <laughs> Can't imagine what his life is like at Starbucks. Exactly. They probably spell it right because they think it's so wrong. That's right. No? That's right. Just completely fuck it up, and they're like, "Ah, oh, crap. He's a happy customer now. Yeah. Shit, we're supposed to show a miserable guy." <laughs> yeah, damn it. Damn, damn it. Uh, how you doing, man? Good. It's been a Good. long time since you've been on the podcast. Last time you were on the podcast at the beginning of the playoffs last year or two years ago. Two years ago, when the Leafs decided to go and fucking yeah. shit the bed, and you know it seems to be a reoccurring theme of when I show up that uh, yeah. it's the Leafs shit in the bed again. So you know, well, sweet. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Two episodes ago, we had my buddy. He's a Boston fan, and we got oh. to talk to him the day after getting eliminated by Florida. Yeah. So. Yeah. at just the right time you know it's oh it's all good you got to get those people at the highs right get the get, exactly. get the hot takes and everything so exactly exactly well glad you're doing well hayden yeah. how you doing buddy it's going good man absolutely heater of a day uh since none of you two are in british columbia it's been fucking hot and uh yeah i'm generally a warm person so i'm sweating my balls off safe to say oh it's terrible absolutely yeah. terrible it's may god damn it yeah what yeah. was it today what temperature was it there today it was 28 today holy yeah. fuck yeah. Last, yeah yesterday it was 37 and then the day before that it was 34 yeah that's that's a bit aggressive that's an aggressive <laughs> pull you 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 pacific northwesterners can't really uh can't really deal with the heat too well so. <laughs> well no. it's because we never see it coming so we that's can't prepare true. for it it's, it's like true. one day it'll be 12 and the next day it'll be 32. It's like, can you at least stay consistent? That's literally how it was. It was literally 17 degrees. And then it was, oh, next week, prepare for a heat wave. Yeah. Uh, for three days. And it's yeah, pardon me. I don't have the wardrobe for that yet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> What's it's still in the boxes in the garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear you. I'm hear waiting you. for H&M to drop their sale clothes or something. There you go. Yeah, you know. 
but uh, yeah, it was uh, it hit thirty the two out of the last four days here in Dauphin, so it's been pretty warm as well. I don't I don't speak in Celsius anymore. Sorry, boys, I've been Americanized. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it hit eighty here, which is probably what twenty eight or something like that. I can't remember. So my, but yeah, my dad always today. said like double it and add thirty or something. Yeah, it's how scared yeah. that is. Some fucking equation. I just remember that it, uh, that twenty is around seventy. That's the way I remember it because I, when I was a lifeguard, we always knew when it hit seventy degrees, and that's twenty Celsius, we could close the pool. So we were always looking at it in the middle of summer. Get to that fucking sixty nine, so we don't have to work anymore. So, what temperature is like the same in Celsius as it is in Fahrenheit? I know there's one. It's like minus negative forty. Negative forty. That's what it is. Yeah. How does that make sense? Fucking Jesus Christ! Fucking Hayden for the Jeopardy win over there. Easy <laughs> yeah. there, Alex Torbeck. <laughs> Fuck Ken the Jennings one thing over I here. Know. Fuck. Like the one fucking thing I know. That's the only reason why I got him on here is to like spit <laughs> like those it. random facts and knowledge. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So okay, well, let's uh, let's get into this episode, the nitty gritty. We're gonna start off with the question of the week. Um, as I prefaced earlier before we started recording, it could be answered in any realm that it could be sports, non-sports, any way you want it, but uh pretty open-ended. But what is an unpopular opinion that you have or something that you think is overrated that everyone else doesn't? Oof. You can get you can get you can get us in a lot of trouble with that statement there. So <laughs> Man, do you have one? <laughs> do do yeah, are you talking to me? Or are you talking I was to talking Jeff? to Jeff. Yeah. Hopefully, okay, he'll yeah. give like some insight yeah. to an answer here first. I I have one, and like, do it. Break the ice. You got to break the ice when you drop it because that takes some time for Hayden and I to get a good idea of uh, of uh, some good hot takes on that one for you. BLTs are the most overrated sandwich on planet Earth. Elaborate. It's so like plain. There's no flavor to it. Like it's majority lettuce and tomato, and there's a slim pickings of bacon. Like bacon can't be your main meat on a sandwich. It needs if there's chicken, turkey, ham, and then with a supplemental bacon on it, then it's a sandwich. But BLT is it's just an incomplete sandwich. There's too much lettuce and tomato that overpowers the bacon, and I just think it's overrated. That's not a bad take. No, that's not a bad I take. I won't, I won't. I won't disagree. I would say that the BLT had with, with the uh, onslaught of craft burgers. The BLT has kind of dropped down. You can't do that anymore because you got to have a nice little freaking black Angus patty in there to slide in with it, right? And then you got yeah. a nice, nice burger. Throw it onto like a patty melt instead, yeah. right? So, like, oh. there's like, like at Tim's and McDonald's and stuff, they have the belt, which is like at least there's an egg in there that kind of complements the bacon and makes it a bit better but like if it's just bacon lettuce tomato it's like no it feels kind of dumb mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's just yeah do you guys have uh have an well, answer I, oh i i would say i'll give you one i'll give you my take here i don't know if it's super hot or not but but i'll i won't st- i'll stay away from sports since we'll be talking for a bit on it but dave matthews is quite possibly the shittiest band that has ever played and it sounds like fucking a bunch of stoners that got no fucking band and just <laughs> ran into some fucking dude who had a lot of money and said yeah let's record it and see what happens and all it is all they're it, they're fucking terrible they suck to high heaven beyond dave belief. matthews band awful not a fan 
at all. When I was in when I was in college and university, people were listening to that shit, and I'm like, this stuff's terrible. <laughs> I, I got another unpopular opinion. I think pie sucks. Pie, pie? depends. I oh. think pie sucks. Well, it's because okay. you're fucking you're you're celiac, man. You got to fucking matter. go free. You can't you, <laughs> can't you can't hit up the crust. You need a solid crust, and you're all. I good, d- I've I've always stayed away from pie, even before you my know? celiac days. I don't know, man. I, I'd go pie over a cake. You know, no, I think yeah, K is far superior over pie. Depends on the pie. Like, what about a, a solid pecan pie? You know, sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie is where it's at, man. It's where it's at. That's a solid. That's a solid pie right there. Yeah, I'm just not a pie guy. I just pie think guy. it sucks. I I will not agree with you on that one. I think pie yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, like there's so many great pies. You got the staples: yeah. apple and pumpkin. Gross. Elite. Both lemon ra- lemon meringue pie is yeah. so underrated. Fuck coconut cream that. there, so- coconut, coconut cream. cream. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pecan, Disgusting. Pecan yeah. pie. Oh pecan my pie. God. It's a fucking giant butter tart, man. You're all it's, good. Yeah, I, Jeff, haven't, I, I haven't. I don't agree. Had, I haven't had pecan pie. So oh. like, but like, I'm just saying, like the staples. Like I, I, I've never liked a pie, so oh. I don't like pie. I don't know. Strawberry rhubarb's a solid one going right there. That's another good one. Oh, I'm I'm definitely with you, Hayden. I'm down da- I'm down with the pie. The pie is where it's at. Then there's the one that the rock liked the most, which was the poontang pie. So we were good on that side. You could slide that one in. <laughs> the cream pie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, different versions of the cream pie. There we go. <laughs> uh oh, this is a hard question. You guys are taking it in a direction that uh obviously very open-ended so i guess i'll continue that um social media very overrated i agree it's it's a platform that is used to i feel like almost trigger the worst in people without even realizing it oh yeah and i i feel like people who do use it are part of the stigma but people who do use it and realize it at least know the difference between reality and an online profile it's it's when you get so into the media and all that shit that you know life just starts to end for you and you become a whole routine for higher society mm-hmm. i yeah. i think yeah i think social media is very overrated if you don't realize that it's bad yeah i i like being on twitter because there's so many different forms of like takes and news that you can get for stuff like i mainly use twitter to see what friedman's tweeting what Schefter's tweeting what shams is tweeting Woj. like i kind of use it for that and to hear like biz and ryan whitney and hear like the guys like give their opinions on it and then just read the replies to see what people are saying like i follow a lot of like insiders and sports accounts Mm-hmm. on twitter instagram i barely use tiktok is mainly just for entertainment and i only have a tiktok is because i post stuff for the podcast on there and snapchat is irrelevant like i could gas that app in a second and be totally fine with it it's yeah i don't i app. don't really consider snapchat social media i just feel it's, like it's weird it's, it's like a picture that's dumb yeah it's a way of like messaging people that's uh, not really relevant yeah, yeah. I, so, agree. I agree i think social media is incredibly overrated and it 
like you said, it's like, it's a very dangerous spot to be in, especially for athletes and high profile people, because it's like, you say one small thing wrong and your career the internet ruined. takes it and runs with it. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. It's pretty overrated. It's to say you do the same thing I do, Jeff. I, I use it more for news and stuff like that. And actually last week, funny enough, and I wear this as a, a badge of honor. Very rarely do I interact on, on Twitter, but uh, if you, you guys know Damian Cox at all, have you, you know him out of Toronto? He's no. a, he was, he, he used to be a reporter for the star. He's a, he's a clown. So I ended up, he was, uh, he kind of rallies, he bangs this drum and he will only support like his view, but he loves to talk about, he wants freedom of speech and whatnot. So after the Timo Meyer hit, which was an absolutely fucking beautiful hit that Truba laid on him. Yeah. Anybody who has ever taken a fucking hockey lesson understands you don't cut across the middle with your fucking head down and yeah. looking at the puck, you're going to get licked. Yeah. Um, but Cox's stance was that it was a dirty hit. Truba should have been kicked out. And I kind of said, don't you think that like Meyer should have had some responsibility there and then fucking blocked me. So, <laughs> I, so I, said, no. I was like, you didn't even reply. He said, like, just a fucking chicken shit. So that's the yeah. thing. It's as, as you said, Aiden, it brings out the worst in people. I think Mike Tyson kind of said it best. He has a quote out there about basically people hiding behind their keyboard and people aren't scared to say oh. stuff because somebody won't punch them in the fucking face. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is, is you have people that share opinions, which if they're in front of people or they're in a room of people, they won't share it. Um, I think it's kind of going downhill uh, to tell you the truth. It's really starting to have a lot of negative connotations and having really people's opinions out there that they should just, just shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. I think they should just really keep to themselves. Yeah. Like, I heard. They, yeah. I saw like Bo Burnham. He was on a hot stove with a bunch of like Ray Romano and a few other comedians and stuff. And he was saying like another comedian was like, you got a lot of shit for like coming up quick in the stand up comedy world because you didn't really like you got a lot of shit for it, even though you're quick success. And he's like, yeah, people never like always shit on me because I never went through like five people at the clubs, no one laughing, blah, 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 blah. Like he never experienced that. And he's like, but I've dealt with 10,000 internet comments talking about how much of a fraud I am. And you realize that like comedians can deal with hecklers because they'll limit what they say because they have a face to what they're saying. And they're in front of a bunch of different people. But when you have just a faith, a faceless account, they can say anything they want without any mm -hmm. repercussions. And he's like, that's people hide behind social media. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a dangerous world, man. And like, sometimes I'll hype out a reply to someone who said something so stupid, but I just know I'm like, this is not worth my time. Like this mm -hmm. is, is not worth my time because something could go wrong here. If I want to get a job in radio or something, and something tracks back to that. Like it could, yeah, it could be like, I've stay away from replies and just strictly look for entertainment and you need a burner account. Yeah, bro. you do. You need to go Kevin Durant style. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. do. Got to, got to get that KD going on, man. Oh, I have 11, 11 Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Don't worry. Guys. Yeah. It's just me with that glasses, yeah. nose and mustache. That's it, the, thing thing on. The, fucking, the fucking Groucho marks, man. I love it. Do it. Oh my god. I saw one interaction between um someone and a UFC fighter, and he was basically talking shit like about him over Twitter. 
and the fighter was like, "Oh yeah, you think so? Like, why don't you say that to my face? Like, you wouldn't say that to my face, would you?" Talking about, and he was like. He was like, no, because he'd kick the shit out of me. That's why I'm using Twitter. <laughs> he was like, honestly, <laughs> was so fair good. enough. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> He's like, eh, you good fair. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. At least you're at least you're admitting to it. He's yeah. like, it's like, no, I'm using this because you would literally kill me. So that's yeah. why I'm saying it here. It's funny you're saying that. That's that's funny. Jenna yeah. Jessel, you know Anthony Jesselnick. We were talking about yeah. him before. Oh, so he has funny. A, he has a bit about that. How he's like he knows he doesn't follow current affairs, but he knows that uh, that something happened because he gets like all these text messages. Don't say it. Don't go on Twitter and stuff like that. So he has a whole bit about it where he just makes rude comments on big things that happen. You know. Yeah. So, he was it, talking about how like playing the villain to him is just makes his career so much more entertaining. Oh, he he's he's fucking hysterical like his twitter thing i think he said was when the uh boston marathon bombing happened he sent out a tweet that said he said he goes sometimes there's just some lines that just can't be crossed just Uh, like the finish line today (laughs) and it's just like like it's just like oh man (laughs) yeah his his delivery and his stand-up is some of the best i've ever seen and his tiktok account is unbelievable and the comments on it are like i watch these this guy's videos every day and i still don't know when the punchline is coming or where what direction it's going like he he's a master when it comes oh, to he's that phenomenal stuff. he is phenomenal he is just he he's he's a treat to watch so he's yeah. really good so. yeah all right all right let's uh that's question of the week here uh we're gonna jump into round two of the stanley cup playoffs it's over it's done um, and we're going to start off with the most recent series. Uh, we are recording Tuesday night here. Dallas doesn't, he, they restrict the comeback from Seattle and they beat Seattle in seven games. Two called one. it. Shout out to Hayden. I think I said six. So I think I was one game off. I may have I said, said seven. seven. I can't remember, but Dallas. I did not think they were going to do it just based off what Ottinger, how Ottinger was playing. And I think Seattle just had like had it in them. They were pesky. But Wyatt Johnson scores the game winner just after he turned 20. Absolutely insane. But Chris, how did you uh, think about Dallas for Seattle? Uh, pretty inconsistent series for, for both teams. You know, I think that's probably pretty true for the entire second round. Like, I don't think anybody yeah. really fucking lit it up and was like, man, they are their a game. Um, the thing that it was interesting to me watching that series is how Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are, have said, okay, I'm cool. Going back to second line, sort of like they're, they're, we're the reinforcements. They're not trying to be the big dogs anymore. They're not having that pride level that they got to be. They're good with kind of stepping back. Um, you know, Rope kind of just took over at that when he needed to in that game and just sort of uh, just kind of stepped up. Uh, but they're they're looking good. They got the goaltending when they needed it. Ottinger did it in that uh, you got a feel for him, man. Like, what was it, 12 seconds left in the game? They fucking broke the shutout in game seven. So uh I, I'm not shocked that that Dallas got through. 
Um, it would have been a cool story, I think, if Seattle did get through. Unfortunately, probably Vancouver people wouldn't have been too happy about that. But I would have lost my mind if I had saw a Seattle Vegas oh, conference final. I would have lost it. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been a Gary Bettman wet dream, man. Oh he my been, god, Jerry would have been uh, ripping one off in the corner. So. He's like, we're expanding <laughs> to fifty. Oh fuck, man! Don't <laughs> don't start. You know what's happening, man. You know the rumors yeah. are out there. So, but I thought it was. Um, I, I don't think Dallas is going to get by Vegas hint, hint where I'm kind of leaning. Um, but they're just so inconsistent, man. Like they can look fucking amazing, but other times you're like, wow, they're trash. So yeah. Like Jason Robertson had like one point the entire series. And it's like, they got through in seven without him producing, mm-hmm. but like Rupe hints has clipped superstar level. These playoffs and he's put Dallas essentially on his back almost, along with, I'd say, Miro Heiskanen playing 28 minutes a night, just being an absolute force out there. But I also, that what makes Dallas scary is like they've made it to the Western Conference final with inconsistent goaltending mm-hmm. and Robertson not playing up to his regular season potential, and they're still winning games. So it's like if they find a way to get it to the next gear, how good can this team be? I know I'm sounding like Dave Pratt right now. How good can they be? But it's like, what's Dallas's ceiling if all their players are clicking at the same time? Because right now they aren't, and they're in the third round. So it's like, fuck, they're such a hard team to gauge. And they could be out in five, but they could be Dallas, beat Vegas in six. Like I have no idea how good this team is. But it's uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. And I really like the point you brought up about Ben and Sagan because I think that's massive for the coach mm-hmm. and just for the team overall. Like These guys aren't trying to do too much. They know their place. And it obviously puts them in a better position because they're not playing as good as talent. So I think it just works on all levels. But hey, yeah. what did you think about uh, this series? Yeah, I watched game six and game seven, and it was amazing just to see because I was like, on Saturday night, I'm like, wow, Seattle's going to fucking destroy Dallas in Dallas. And then it was just one of the most back and forth game sevens that I had like ever watched in my life. And when the first Dallas goal was scored, the momentum that Dallas had, even without their top players, performing to like the absolute most it it just felt like seattle was dead in the water like they weren't doing anything they only did something as soon as they realized like oh fuck we need to score yeah and then dallas scores again and now it's two nothing and then they ended up scoring with like what 17 seconds left you're like Mm -hmm. yeah nothing's gonna happen Uh, dallas ottinger finally maybe smacked some sense into himself and said i'm better than this but this this Dallas team has scraped by and is, yeah, they're now in the third round. I don't know how. And if game one goes good against Vegas, they could be scary. Yeah. It's just the first three rounds have been saying they've barely gotten by. <laughs> yeah, it's it makes them so hard to gauge for, like, it's just any like, sort of guessing. Yeah, it's hard. 
because they have all the pieces to be a Stanley Cup winner, I think. Like, I think their depth has oh, yeah. been really good this year. And their young studs are playing out of their minds this season. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, you'll get them every second game. And it's like, sometimes you can't have that. <laughs> yeah. Even when you do have it, you could get outplayed still. And I think that oh, yeah. happened this year. I think Seattle was the much better team this series. It's just in the last game, it didn't go their way. Like Grubauer played unbelievable. Like he played great these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Seattle's depth really showed, but it just it went Dallas's way in Game Seven. Sometimes that's just shit happens. Dude, the DeBoer effect, man. Seven and zero oh, Game Sevens. He's about to steal Justin Williams' nickname. Shit, man, that guy's unreal. So, but yeah, it's it's the thing that I think that's funny about the playoffs. I know we got to talk about the other series and that later too. Is we just everybody's kind of shitting on the second round, it seems, and ah, not really anybody good went through because basically Boston got kicked out, and then you sort of look and you go, wow, I can't believe New Jersey actually beat the Rangers, and but New Jersey was technically the favorite. Like Dallas was still a pretty fucking good regular season team. Vegas fucking won the conference you know like we're not talking about people that were hot garbage right we're like florida is the one that's you're sitting there looking at going what the fuck's going on over here man you know everybody else (laughs) is sort of you're kind of like all right that kind of makes sense if you look at it how the regular season was going yeah so i i think that's the one thing that is telling within going back to the dallas series though is they put it on when they needed to put it on when they were doing it and able to show what they were in the regular season as well. Like that's how they got to where they were at. Right. They were, they were right there with Vegas to win, win the conference there. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dallas came finished second, just a couple points behind Colorado for the central Vegas Mm -hmm. won the Pacific and the West Carolina won the Metro and Florida was a wild card team, but I think they're better than what the record said. Like, technically the right teams are in the Western conference final. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't want to say it full on the right teams, but like technically the better teams have moved on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's not going to bring in the best TV viewers because everybody wants to see McDiesel and Leon play, but Vegas was the better team in the regular season. So obviously I wanted to see Edmonton move on. And we'll go into that series next, but it's like Vegas was the better team during the regular season and they got better goaltending and they were just deeper all around and Skinner was pathetic. I kept trying to defend him with every last breath, but each game he would just like put me in my place and like just prove me wrong every single time. And um, we'll talk about this uh, Edmonton Vegas. Um, Vegas cleans Edmonton out in six. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl had one point after game two. And Vegas just was a fucking they like they were a dog on a bone all all series long. Hayden, me and you were Edmonton hoes for this series for these playoffs and our, <laughs> our dreams are now are now dead. But what did you think of the series? Like you said, man, Skinner just underperformed in almost every aspect. Like, yeah, some goals 
there's no defending it. But then it just felt like he wouldn't he wouldn't try in other opportunities to save certain shots or even make a second effort. It just felt like Vegas, yeah, Vegas and Edmonton are both good teams. I think we see that too because for the first four games, it was Vegas outplayed, Edmonton outplayed, Vegas outplayed, Edmonton outplayed, like all to each their own opponent. Like it's, it's crazy because it wasn't like a back and forth series like we wanted. It was, wow, this was a boring game. Wow, this was a boring game. And then Vegas topped it on once they realized like Skinner was just kind of a, a scared rookie in the back of a net. And I guess I'll kind of allude to this. I was honestly surprised that they didn't try and play Campbell for game five or anywhere sooner. Like how can Skinner get pulled like four games in a row and you keep going back to him? Right. Like if you pull him once, that should just kind of say, all right, Skinner, take the night off, man. Like look at it from a bench perspective. Let Campbell, who's been in net already and came in and recovered, Campbell didn't let in a shot yeah. the whole time he was on. So, like, let him go for a game. If he loses, he loses. Then you know what you have. Then just try and get Skinner some reps. But, like, this, this was just an ugly display by Edmonton. But I, I do want to give a shout-out to Vegas. They were the better team. And uh, it was Marsha so, right? Mm-hmm. And Natty, no? Natty Hattie. The Natty Hattie. Yeah, he had the so, Natty Hattie, yeah. Yeah, props that guy, to him. That guy that fucking was, pisses me off. <laughs> that was a he had an unbelievable game to put Edmonton away, and you got to give props to it, even though it fucking pains to say. Marsha so makes me so mad, but like in a very like I respect this dude kind of way. Like I don't hate Marsha so he just he always kills the teams that I'm cheering for, and he comes up in the big moments, and he's just a fucking gamer all around. Like that power play goal he shot from the top of the left circle just snapped it right over Skinner's glove. As soon as that went in, I'm like, it's over. Like, it's done. We're down. Like, nothing seems to be going right now. Natural hat trick. Like, it, that's the goal that chased Skinner. It was just, yeah. I mean, Marsha So is an absolute gamer and coach's dream. I would take that guy on my team any day of the week. And he really helps that team in so many ways. But, uh, Uncle Chris, what did you think about uh, Vegas Edmonton? Uh, well, I think Woodcroft has some fucking answers that he has to provide as to how you pull Skinner. You're paying a goalie five mil a year. And then he comes in, stands on his fucking head. Hayden, you already mentioned it, man. He he didn't let a shot in. How the fuck don't you ride that? Like what? Like I don't get it. I, I and let's let's face it. Skinner wasn't fucking Vesna Trophy first round either, right? So he was okay. He wasn't great. Um, what was apparent to me watching the Edmonton series was how incomplete they are and how fucking scared that team is for anybody outside of their top six to be on the ice. They are yeah. they're They are. They just absolutely utterly shit their pants when it's like, Oh, lines three and four is going to go. And it's sort of like fucking I'm hopping over the boards, you know, um, they're, they're going to have some soul searching. 
this year. Like I know I got the, I got the, the leaf crest on my hat here, but fuck, it's funny hearing all the oil fan pointing up, pointing the finger and laughing at the Leafs online all the time. They got the same goddamn fucking problem right now. Yeah. You've yeah. got, and I got to tell you, <laughs> that fucking Darnell nurse contract. Oh man. Worst in the league. <laughs> oh, my worst Lord. in the league. Oh, as soon as boy. he signed it, I'm like, this is nine the worst contract. Nine and a quarter. Like that's just like, Ooh, for man. the next, for Ooh. the next six years, <laughs> Kale McCarr will be yeah. making less money annually than Darnell nurse. Yeah. So that's, I wouldn't be shocked. I'll call some. I wouldn't be. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if Drysaddle's moved. Wow. Because wow. so the reason I say that is you can fill out that team a shit ton more with 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 the return. Like if you move Drysaddle, you're that's a fucking blockbuster. Like you're going to be able to get more on your back end. You'll be able to get some prospects, some picks potentially to help funnel up into that lineup. Um, you're you'd be stupid to get rid of McDavid. Like when that talent comes around, you just don't. So I, I think that it's something Edmonton needs to potentially consider, and especially on a contract that he's on. He's on a fucking friendly ass contract for what he can do. So yeah. you'll get you, you'd get a big ass fucking return. So will it happen? Most likely not, but that's what's hurting them in, in my areas where they're, they're just not complete. Their bottom six is bad. Um, and, but Vegas, the opposite, man. Like, they're just looking. They just got such a complete team, man. They're, they're just yeah. so well done. And their, their defense, they got two just fucking studs on the back end right there. You know, um, I wouldn't say either of them right now are really – you know, Norris trophy at this point anymore and Peter An and Peter Angelo and um, Theodore, but Theodore still. had an awful series. Yeah. I watched him and he, he looked very vulnerable a lot, yeah. but I don't think he was playing like the player he is. Like I'm, yeah. I'd still take Theodore any day on my team. I think he's still a very good player. He just had a really rough series, just like a lot of, bad turnovers and lost yeah. puck battles in the defensive zone that turned into scoring chances yeah. from Theodore. But yeah. I, he's a better player than that. Just a very tough series for him. Yeah. But, I just uh, think it's have a rough go. So they're going to be, they're going to have a tough off season. They're, they're going to be answering some tough questions potentially. I do want to disagree with you on one thing. I think Edmonton's third line of Derek Ryan McLeod and Fogel was one of the lines of the playoffs, not just for Edmonton, but of the playoffs. They didn't necessarily produce a ton, but the shit that they produce in the offensive zone time and the control that they consistently pushed on Vegas and LA was unbelievable. I thought they oh, were that's fair. That's I thought fair. I thought they were really good. They scored big goals often. No, it's a and fair. That's a good point. Sometimes Sometimes a uh, left side heavy legend, Clem Costin, was would slip into the third <laughs> line there and score some big goals as well. But he was more of a fourth line player. But Fogel, Ryan, and McLeod, they controlled a lot of the tempo when they were on the ice. Mm -hmm. Look, are they replaceable players? More than likely, yes. But to get rid of that chemistry that they have, that they developed throughout the season and especially in these playoffs... It'd be hard to move any of those guys. And I would be more than happy to like bring them back 
on contracts unless they're asking for absolutely stupid money if any of them are free agents but like keep them as long as you can because they really helped Edmonton these playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was players like Evander Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins not stepping yeah, up. Yeah, well, R&H, R&H was... Holy was shit. One Kyle, goal yeah. and it came in yeah. the second round? Fucking figure it out, buddy. Yeah. Like, I I I think what really fucked them... Sorry to interrupt you, Jeff, but... All good. The, the one thing that I noticed with Edmonton from, from regular season to playoffs, their lines... I talked so well about their integrity. They switched their lines for their front line. It was McDavid, Dreisaitl and Hyman. That was not what we saw all year. All year. We saw McDavid, Hyman, Kane or Nuge. That line produced like none other. And then it was Mc, And then it was Dreisaitl, Kane, uh, whoever you want to fill in. And then um, it pretty much whoever you want to fill in. It was the integrity of the lines that switched from the regular season to the playoffs that I think is really what kind of messed them up, at least for line two, because, yeah, you look at line two and you got Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Vander Kane, and insert X centerman here, and they couldn't do anything. When Dreisaitl is, like, he's a number one line player, yes, but he fits and he does way more on the number two line than anything, in my opinion. And I think that switching up in the chemistry really played a downfall because as you said, Chris, they didn't have any faith. It looks like in their third line and fourth line, and they were playing catch up because line one was just so overpowered. They wanted the goal. They needed the goals. That's all they were thinking about. Right. It it wasn't like the long lasting play, how you've been playing all season and how they were playing all season was perfectly fine they destroyed vegas in multiple games using the same line combinations but then why switch it up i i i completely agree with what you're saying if they get rid of dry they'll get asset after asset and pick after pick it's just how how do you do that <laughs> how do you like look at him and be like dry you're you're being traded <laughs> Well, yeah, it's 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 happened before, and it rarely does it work out that the 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 best player that's traded uh, they lose on that deal, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's very rare that it occurs. But I remember Edmonton trading a pretty damn fucking good player to LA at one point, and still winning a cup after that. Yeah, you know? So, but you know, that's fair. It, it it makes it a lot softer when you still when you have McJesus sitting there, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well. Well, think about it with Edmonton. Like, there's a lot of teams and very skilled talent coming up where you'd think they win a bunch of cups and they didn't win it until eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years into the league, like Stamkos and McKinnon and whatever, blah, 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 blah. We talked about those Colorado teams and whatever. And it was just sometimes you do got to go through this, but I do think Edmonton has a lot of holes that they need to fill. I think. Skinner underplayed a shit ton. Jack Campbell played stellar, but was never given the chance. And it didn't help that Aiden Hill looked like prime Hashik, stopping every single shot that came his way. And Edmonton just so many chances squandered while giving up a lot of chances and Vegas capitalizing and Edmonton having to play catch up. 
while they're clamping down on their two best players. And as much as I talked about Fogel, Ryan, and McLeod, as much as I like that line, it's not one that you can rely on to bring you back into the game. No, you can rely yeah. on them to kick up the energy and get your team into the game, but not on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm more so... Dreisaitl scored 13 fucking goals and four goals in a game. Yes, he only had one point, but like he gave that team a lot of hope. McDavid drove a lot. Bouchard had a fucking massive coming out party. These playoffs Huge, played great. Huge. He had a few tough games defensively, but majority of the playoffs he played unbelievable. We've set our piece on Vinny DeHarnay, Hayden. That guy is oh one my of the God. worst defensemen. Get in the him out of here, but man. I just think Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, not really stepping up and driving their lines. And very inconsistent goaltending is what Edmonton lost this series. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that need to fill. But there is one more thing I want to talk about with the series. The, Petran- the Petrangelo and Nurse suspensions. So Darnell Nurse gets a one-game suspension for instigating a fight within the last five minutes of a game. And Petrangelo gets a game as well for full-on slashing, trying to take the arms off of Dreisaitl. They each get a game. What are your guys' thoughts on those suspensions? All right. Uh, I think Pierangelo was just trying to knock a fly off of Dreisaitl's arm. That's all. He saw that there was one there. Let me get that off for you. No, honestly, it's a bit of a joke. You know, like that's you're trying to get people out of get this intent to injure out of the game. Um, But what I would say, and I kind of agree to one of the comments that Carlo Koliakovo had on Toronto radio about it, because he's no, he knows Peter Angelo. He's like, do not think Peter Angelo knows exactly where to fucking hit Dreisaitl if he wanted to break his wrist or do some serious harm. So, you know, I think that, yeah, his stick was sort of tickling the, the rafters before it came down. Uh, it should have been harder. It should have been an honestly at least a two gamer. I, I, I would say in the playoffs. I just, think it sh- I just think it should have been one more than Darnell Nurse. Either you yeah. don't give Nurse a suspension, you give Petrangelo one, or you give Petrangelo two and Nurse one. Yeah, like I think it should have just been more than Nurse because Nurse's suspension. Honestly, Haig came out and said he wanted to fight Nurse. It just Nurse came down from the blue line and dropped his gloves yeah. and jumped him but 20 seconds earlier they both said yeah let's fight so it's like he instigated in the last five minutes i don't think that's suspension worthy the same as petrangelo's i, I don't know i don't think well yeah and i don't think you can you can go off of what nhl player safety has because they're so fucking inconsistent with everything that they do yeah. so one second it's that the act is really bad so that's what i'm going to be worried about we don't consider if there's injury then next time they come out and they fucking say it's injury there for fuck's sakes bennett rock bottomed fucking matthew nyes and then there's like, oh, no penalty, nothing. What do you mean? Nice is done now for the series. Not saying that he would have fucking scored 15 goals, but still, like, it was, is that what you want to go? Like, that was a clear intent to injure. So is that what you want out of the game or not? I'm not saying it should be suspended, but your, your messaging is all over the fucking place. Yeah. So get your shit together and line it up. Like, Peros is a smart dude. Guy went to Princeton, but fuck, man, he's that one he whiffed on. I think that that uh, Vegas got away lucky there with not having the uh, having a longer suspension there for Peter Angelo. Yeah, I'll let you go from there, Hayden. Bring us home um, <laughs> on that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, you fucking cleared it out, Chris. Like it, it's it's exactly that. I don't know. 
And I, I agree with you, Jeff. It, it should have been one more than nurse because it's like it was both consensual that they were going to fight. So it wasn't consensual that uh, Peter Angelo, Petrangelo just fucking smashed Dreisaitl's hands. I thought he clipped him in the face when I first saw it. I'm like, I Jesus Christ. Too. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? But then obviously hitting his hands like that's going to fucking sting. There's not yeah. really mm-hmm. like if you hit him right on the good part of the wrist, I know there's no padding there. You know, I, so it's like I just think starting from up here is just like immediate giveaway insane. of like he doesn't give a fuck about like obviously Petrangelo came out and said it was he was like Edmonton was doing a lot of premeditated stuff to me, so that was just like to get back at it. He came out and said that a long paraphrasing a bit. So Petrangelo knew what he was doing. And mm-hmm. I just think that's a lot more than Nurse going up and fighting the guy who said yes earlier. Nurse just went about it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, but, it's it's first degree. Like there's clear yeah. intent to injure. And and yeah, you only get a game. Yeah. Uh, maybe it should be more than a game, considering that it could have been a whole hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to go to this series. I think it'll be pretty quick because not a ton happened. Uh, Carolina, New Jersey. Uh, Carolina winning in five. Um, New Jersey getting one game, um, scoring eight. But. Carolina, basically, I think they just controlled this game from all areas from start to finish. Freddie Anderson played great. Um, Sebastian Ajo played great. Slavin is a defensive beast as per usual. Brent Burns is fucking throwing it back to 2017. Found the youth, man. He fucking won the Vesna. This guy's playing out of his mind. Devils just like, I still think they had a successful season because I don't think anyone expected to make the playoffs except Hayden there. Um, mm-hmm. And they made it to the second round without really adding anything crazy besides Timo Meyer, but that was a long-term move. They didn't really add rentals. I, But Carolina just, I think, better goaltending defense, more depth, and better coaching. I think just won in the series and they just had full control. And that's all I really have to say about it. And yeah, it was just Devils looked very, very JV this series compared to Carolina. What do you guys think? I completely agree. They did not look ready for this series at all. And just when I think they did, after scoring eight goals in a game, then they just come right back and lose like seven two. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really help my case that much when when that fucking happens. Yeah, they're they're young. I think that's it. Like they they the fact they got through the Rangers, I think that was the big win for them. Their goal, they're still building, right? They're not in win now mode. So I think that that was hey, this is given the experience. This is going to let them see what it's like to win a series, and then you know move up from there. Uh, I do think that goddamn is Carolina coached well with everybody that, that they have out right now. Shit. If they had their full team there, man, they'd be super duper scary right now. Right. But, yeah. Um, they're, they're just really, really well coached. Their, their D is so damn solid, you know, like that's it. They're just a yeah. really well-oiled machine other than that one, you know, I don't know if the, the one game the guys were out at the fucking Newark strip joints for a little too long or what, but man, it was just 
they're just a great team. As you said, Slavin's just phenomenal. He, he's exactly what you're looking for. He's the guy that's trying to create that new award for having a defensive defenseman. Cause he, or, uh, or like yeah. give me my Norris and give them the offensive defenseman of the year. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Create a, create a new award for an actual defensive defenseman, right? But uh, what the award should actually be, right? Never is though, <laughs> you know. Never is shit. But uh, yeah, it's uh, th- there's not much to really say, you know. I think I think New Jersey should be happy where they're at. They're not going away upset. I think they'll be upset because they got just licked. Um, the guy who's probably having some uh, going to have some con- some upset tummies this summer is going to be Timo Meyer. He's j- going to be seen. He just went fucking Steve Sachs. He just couldn't throw the ball to first from second base, man. He had an o- wide open fucking cage. Oh my God. Yeah. Wide I, open. I saw cage. that. Just yeah. fucking shot it three feet wide, man. Like, dude, my God. Yeah, that was, he. he's going to, that's going to keep him up at night oh, yeah. a long oh, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, like you said, New Jersey's building right now, and I think they make the playoffs success. Oh, they beat the Rangers, their fucking rivals, the fans who won't ever shut the fuck up about how it's their year this year. They beat them after going down 2 nothing big, and immediately I think that's all a step below winning the Cup, honestly, for New Jersey is beating New York the way they were talking after game two, the way I was talking. I was tripping Ian uh naughty mccotty um friend of the show uh he picked devils in five and i was like you're fucking devils in five and they lose first two at home and then next thing you know they rattle it off in what was it six yeah. or seven and i was like never mind sorry man yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that but no i i have a lot of hope for the devils and they didn't even have nemich playing they had a sprinkle of luke hughes playing Dougie Hamilton is playing fucking unbelievable right now. They got Timo Meyer. Hopefully they re-sign him. They got a lot of exciting players to look forward to and a lot of exciting years ahead of them. I'd be scared about Meyer though. I don't know if Meyer's as, as like, I think he, he wasn't that great when he was on the devils. Like he was okay. I don't think he's he's a guy that you want to drop nine, ten million on or anything like yeah, that. They well, better be prudent when they're doing that one. Yeah, we'll see what uh, contract negotiations are like. But mm-hmm. uh, good news coming out of Carolina. Um, Tara Vinen's surgery on his hand it seems like it's fast tracking, and he's eyeing a return in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like you alluded to, Chris. Carolina out with some weapons, but they'll be getting one of them back hopefully pretty soon, depending on how far they go. But it sounded like a lot of confidence coming from Tara Vinen about his status. So Carolina could get that much scarier. The year, the one year, I doubt them, is when they take <laughs> off. So yeah. the ultimate mush right here. Right fucking here. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Carolina. Just solid team, boring brand of hockey they play, but it wins them games, and that's all that really matters. But on to the main event. There we go. The main event. It's time. (laughs) Toronto eliminated by the Cats in five games, courtesy of Nick Cousins and a grainy view of a puck on a goal line. 
<laughs> hey, oh, don't, don't you don't for, don't you forget about a, a radco buddhist nice interference fucking yeah. yarn coke down so yeah that was yeah. that was fucking cheeky as yeah. shit yeah so but uh you know um yeah take man. it away Take it away, um, Uncle Chris. You got the pedestal right now. Well, the mic in your hand, yeah, spotlight yeah. on you. Spe- Netflix special coming. There we go. Well, the thing that that I think really pisses off any Leaf fan is I don't think the the Leafs the, the, Florida didn't win that series, in my opinion. Toronto lost that series. Toronto did not play well. Now that's not saying, and I know you and I were texting back and forth and it got kind of lost in translation. What I meant by that Florida played well and played well, well enough to win. They took advantage of when they needed to, but did you come away at any time in that series saying, Holy fuck, man, Florida's a juggernaut. They're just like, it was just giveaway after a giveaway. Matthews was just garbage in that series for the most part. Um, it, It just wasn't very good. Uh, it's it's upsetting because there's no jam in Toronto. There's no hard players. All of their players are the fucking same. They're soft. Like they're just that they, they, they're jello, right? Um, and, and what's really making it tough for us for us is really the window is almost closed. Like this is you're screwed now. You, you Johnny T is slow, man. Like he's, you knew you had five years, four or five years of John Tavares where he was going to still be an elite player. He's going to be a good player. Like granted, he was point a game during the year for the most part, but he's not driving the play. He's not Johnny T from, uh, from New York Islanders days. Right. So you really squandered it. And there's just the, the players just look like they didn't give a shit. You know, when you watch those games, there was nothing like you look on the bench there's no get up and go. There's nobody fucking yelling or rah, rah, sis, boom, ba, like just go fucking nuts. Right. I couldn't see any leaf guy making a comment like Matthew Kachuk made when they were done about like, yeah, we want Florida. What about that now? So I just think that it, it was really tough on that side for them. Um, the one thing that, that I would say though, it's the coaching. I don't disagree with really much of what Keith did. He had to do what he did. I think Joseph Wall stepping in for Samsonov going down. He was great. I think Wool is amazing. Wool is, is, I think we, we as Lee fans should be happy to see what we got. And hopefully he doesn't get wasted on that side. And hopefully he is growing. He had a great year in the AHL. So does that mean anything that's going to go on that front? Who knows? Uh, This is all on the players. This is all on the big four. And I think the one thing that Toronto being eliminated and Edmonton being eliminated this is showing you can't have a big four. You can't have a big three. You can't. You, you can have one guy maybe, but if that, that, that might not even work. Um, I've been saying for ages, the salary cap's a complete load of shit. This is part of it, right? You're going to have to trade away a team that you think you can put together and build more around them, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's very frustrating to see it, but it's not surprising with, with the way they are, you know? Um we're going to see some changes. I think uh, first domino is going to be Kyle Dubas. Is he staying or is he going? You know, that's yeah. going to be the, it, it was kind of his comments at that closing. You didn't know what he was doing. It sounded like he's had some challenging family sort of issues going on. Um, that's going to be the first one. And the next one is Matthews and and Matthews is the Leafs McDavid, right? You know, you can't, once you have a talent like that, you can't let go of him, especially at center. 
So going from there, you're you ain't trading Johnny Tavares. Like because nobody's taking that contract right now. Yeah. Like it ain't. So you're left with Nylander and Marner. So I think one of those or both are gone. And know? the thing is with Nylander is he was the he scored the biggest goals for Toronto when best forward. He was their best like, forward. He, he was, was their best, best player, and he's the one who constantly yeah. gets the most shit. Yeah, like, and it's yeah. just like it's very weird relationship Leafs fans have with Nylander. It's like he's the punching bag for sixty five percent of the time, but then the thirty five percent he's scoring a big goal that keeps their season alive, and everyone loves him. But then as soon as it's like who's going to be traded first, it's oh. Nylander, but it's like he's making the least amount of money between the that's core it. four. Yeah, that's and it. he's the one who showed up in the biggest spot. So it's like, yeah, why don't you kind of do something similar that you brought up with Drysidle? Maybe move Marner, a two-way beast player who clips ninety points on a consistent basis. He still had fourteen points in the playoffs, but he was basically in he was non-existent, he was non-existent, non-existent when it mattered most. But even those fourteen still, points that they weren't, you didn't, you didn't watch the game and go, Marner's buzzing, man. Yeah, you know? like you might get a decent haul for him because he's still on the younger yeah. side. And oh, 100%. So, so it's yeah. like Toronto has is in a very tricky situation. And you brought up Dubis, like there's a lot of stress on his family. I think he's the last person to blame for any of this. I think he put together hundred percent as possible thing for toronto it's just a matter of what he wants to do does he want to deal with toronto media in the coming future what is so it's going to be very very interesting but going to florida they played an unbelievable unbelievable brand of hockey and got vesna level bobrovsky at the perfect time making 50 plus saves but hayden i want to let you talk about the series for a bit what did you come away with from Toronto, Florida? From Toronto and Florida, this series gave me everything I was never expecting was going to happen. Sergei Bobrovsky is proving, or he's making his case as why he should be the MVP right now of all of the playoffs. He's standing on his head. He took down Boston. And he, like, if it wasn't for Toronto winning one game, you could almost shoo him in right now as the top spot. I th- like, I think he is right now. <laughs> Personally, yeah, he he very he very well could be because it's like you look at anyone else and it's like no one's made a bigger noise than Bobrovsky has. But then you look at their whole team and it's like, we've talked about Florida all year, Jeff, and they have dogs at all three levels and their forwards are so deep. Like for Haggy's putting up an amazing series. Montour's putting up an amazing series. Ekblad, Reinhardt, everyone's making plays. Some of them might be a little bit cheapy or a little bit, a little bit cheaty in grabbing sticks and uh, making sure that they don't hit the puck. But, (laughs) then you know they back it all up with great defensive play and keep Bobrovsky in a nice at a nice like one maybe two goals against in the whole series like Florida is 
they're they're my they're my team now for the rest of the playoffs. And I hope to dear God that doesn't just kill every hope and dream. But <laughs> the left side heavy mush. Oh, it ha it ha it it's gonna happen. But like Carolina and I, four. I oh fuck. <laughs> I absolutely love Florida right now. They they are becoming quickly a team where I'm gonna root for them. They've never won a cup before. They're making historic a historic run right now. Why not bandwagon a Floridan team? Yeah, I agree. And to talk about Bobrovsky, he's playing his four best games as a Panther right now, and they came at the best possible times. Oh yeah, and it. I don't know if it quite warrants his ten million dollars a year quite yet, but. It's making it look a lot better than it did. Oh, I, I think. I think it's. I think that. I think that. That floor is very happy. They're paying him ten mil a year with that. They have no problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I will have to disagree with you with who the the best player for the Leafs in that uh, series was. They they had to rely on a boy from Vancouver to be the best one. Morgan Riley was where was easily their best player in that series. Who did so, I say was their best player? Uh you had uh, Nylander. Nylander. You were saying yeah, yeah. Morgan Riley was. Oh was, no, yeah, I was yeah, just talking. Riley. About- Okay. Of the core four, he came up yeah. the bet. Like the core yeah. four, like okay. he came up in the biggest yeah. spots. But I agree with you. Morgan yeah. Riley was arguably the best great. player in that series. Yeah, out Both of all of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, next, just, played, next and that did not play goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so. that war number 44. Yeah, uh, on left. Yeah, left. But no, Morgan Riley played out yeah. of his mind. And speaking of Riley and Bobrovsky, I think we should talk about the elephant in the room. The no goal. Um, yeah. it caused a ton of drama. And as soon as that play happened, I saw Riley cheer, but I also saw potential. This was live action. I'm talking about, I hadn't seen any replays yet. Morgan Riley celebrating the horn going off for like a brief second, but Bobrovsky pinching against the post and I didn't see it go in and the refs haven't made a decision. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, Oh fuck, this is going to cause a lot of shit. And I do not envy the ref's position here. There was almost no angles of showing the puck 100% over the line, except maybe one. But it was the grainiest of all grainy shots that I think it showed the puck in, but you still couldn't confirm it 100%. But, Chris, as a Toronto fan, what were you feeling watching it getting broken down and everything like that and everything you saw and the whole narrative with the my, goal of one my, my, my thought my thought is if you need to rely on that to beat them with what you had you didn't deserve to win it was what it was like they shouldn't have been they, they scored two fucking goals a game two yeah. fucking goals a game so if that's what you're worried about and that's the reason you're not there when you've got fucking matthews martyr and all that that that's not where it's at. That being said, um, I think the, with everything that was seen, as you said, that 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 image that we did see online about the puck going in, I, I think it's pretty clear it went in with you on that side. But was that one of the views they saw? We don't know when the when the whistle went. Like I don't like it, did the whistle go when they're viewing that? Right when that right when you see the puck under in the uh, net cam, you know, whistle's already gone, so you got no clue. Is it under him? Is it not? The fact that the NHL doesn't have the technology yet to have something that'll detect that is pretty shocking for the most part. 
Uh, I think that's a change you'll probably see on that end. I don't think anybody screwed it up. I'm not overly pissy like some Leaf fans would be or are saying they got screwed. Nobody wants to see Toronto win. I don't know where that comes from. I don't think there's, I think most people in the NHL would like it because HRR would go up and they'd make a shit ton more money. But hey, you know, it, it's, it was unfortunate, but every team can point to a shitty call that they've had, you know, and this one just happened to be a goal in a really shit spot. Right. So yeah. I, I do think Toronto got hosed a lot in that game. Like, I think there were a lot of missed calls on Florida that should have granted Toronto at least a man advantage. Like, I think I that think Mar- it, ignored calls is yeah. this. This is this is the this is the image that lives at the start of it was Paul Maurice after the first game. Five to one is what he did. And that changed the whole fucking series. Yeah, I, that's fair. Like, I just think that Mark Stahl elbow on Marner, like, I think that was pretty blatant. Like, that should have been well, Gudis. There, there was a lot. Yeah, right? I, I there, think, yeah. I think Toronto got kind of hosed, and I'm not saying they would have tied it up or won the game, but they at least should have gotten given the chance to go a man up. Like, I think they kind of got screwed on that. But like you said, if you're relying on that, like, that's why you lost, then. You're yeah, already you lost. Like, I just think you should, with that lineup, you should be putting four or five in a game. That's it. And That's it. You just Two goals did. a game ain't enough. Yeah. Two goals ain't enough. Right. So. so, but yeah, I think that's all I, that's all I got here. But, uh, well, let's start previewing around the conference finals games. So, uh, we'll, we'll stick it with in the, Eastern Conference. We got Florida, Carolina. Um, talk about a series I was not expecting. Um, Florida, the last team to make playoffs. Um, historic run they're on right now, beating Boston and TO, two of the best teams in the league. And now they're on to another best team in the league in Carolina. Carolina plays an excellent brand of hockey, defensive two way game. Just solid on all levels of the ice. No player necessarily stands out besides maybe Sebastian Aho. But Hayden, I'll go to you first. Um, what do you what do you see when uh, looking at Florida Carolina as a series? Well, if trends have taught us anything for these last two teams going up against the teams they've gone against. Goaltending is going to be the biggest part of this series. How many goals are you going to get past Anderson? And how many goals are you going to get past Bobrovsky? Like the whole series could be over under total goals, like 22 goals. Yeah. (laughs) It could be absolutely just gut punch hockey. And that is what is going to drive the fans to be able to watch this series. It's going to be like, who the fuck's going to score the last goal? It's going to feel like the golden goal in full time. I don't think we're going to get maybe one blowout from just one team. But other than that, I think this could go to seven easily. And I got to stick with the guys that I've been knowing more and more of the season. And I'm, I got to go Florida in seven. That's fair. I, uh, this series is really hard to predict, and I think riding that hot hand is a very respectable opinion because it's just it's hard to judge. But oh, Chris, what do you got on this series? 
Carolina in five. Whoa. Carolina is going to steamroll them. Steamroll them. Um, I think they're just too complete of a team. I think they've relied on – on. Uh, I don't think Boston had a very good series against Florida. Uh, they've been underestimated. Uh, I think the Leafs' cockiness got to them, and they underestimated them. I don't think he got that. You got Rob Brindamore in there. They're just – the coaching is where it's at. Um they're so balanced that 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 Carolina team is just a solid team, right? And they just are going up against a defense that, you know, I don't think they've really seen or expected yet. So I don't think Florida has a a chance in hell, personally. Um, you know, I, I can respect the opinion that you keep riding the hot hand and can they do it again? They, for fuck's sakes, they won the President Trophy last year, right? They, they didn't make that many changes in the offseason. So we know they can do it. Um, I just think Carolina is just too good. And I think Carolina smoked them in the regular season. That's not saying much because Florida now is different than Florida in the regular season too. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I, just, I think this is going to be a relatively quick series. Carolina in five Panthers in seven Paula fave is joining Hayden on the Panthers bandwagon. He has Panthers in six. But Uncle Ooh. Chris, I'm going to join you. I got Carolina in like six. Um, I agree with you. I just think I see Carolina playing a more consistent game than Florida. And as much as Bobrovsky's playing well, his past years of performance is still living in my head. And I just think he's going to have one game where he just doesn't have it. And then it's going to question everything and it might ruin Florida's mojo. I do agree with you, Hayden, that I think it's going to be a lower scoring series. I think both teams are capable of putting the puck in the back of the net, but I think it's going to be a lot of three, two games, maybe four, two with a sprinkle of an empty netter in there. Mm -hmm. But I think Carolina, especially maybe getting Tara Vinen back. I think they have it more in them to like pour on the scoring you saw it in the devil's game like they have the capabilities of scoring four goals in five and a half minutes like i don't know fucking how that's possible at the nhl level but they found it and devils are a good team they're good defensively they're good on all levels and i just think carolina is gonna like there's more complete better defensively than toronto was and yeah i got carolina in six but I think Florida is going to – I think they're still going to play a good brand of hockey. I just trust Carolina more. I think with the way that you guys are talking about Florida, you're making them seem like world beaters. And all opinion is fair opinion. But let's, let's look at who Carolina has played to get to this position. They've played an Islanders team that plays probably the most boring style of hockey ever. And technically, I think they should have swept the Islanders just with how they played. I didn't really see the Islanders as like a as a threat, even at like the start of the series. I remember saying Carolina was going to win one series and this was it. And then they got New Jersey. And New Jersey, hot young team, very inexperienced. Now you're going up against a Florida team who had it all last year the president's trophy winners last year, and they were the young team. 
that got their shit beat in. I think one year has really proven Florida in a different light and is going to it's going to make this series, I think, really debate on whether or not we'll be coming back here in a week and thinking maybe one opinion or the other uh, or, or the other. You know, like your opinion could switch or my opinion could switch. I don't think it's so chalk up in the air. That's why I say go to seven and then obviously ride with Bobrovsky. But I think looking at the competition and who they've played, you can't argue Florida's played harder competition than Carolina. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I agree with you. But and they're, I also, think... they're also a higher seed. So they're obviously going to pay. They're going to play that. And and Florida's, that's very true. And, and the proof for Florida this year is if they were so fucking great, why did they have to rely on Jonathan Taves missing a fucking uh, an empty net when he deked around the fucking goalie by two inches, right? Like that goes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. <laughs> or, that is true. Whatever it was, I can't remember. It was maybe it wasn't Taves or whatever it was, but fuck it. That's basically what it was that that set them in, right? Pittsburgh lost to Chicago. Pittsburgh lost to Chicago, yeah. And then completely different story. So I will say, goaltending wise, one thing that I, if the one thing I'm scared on for Carolina is goaltending. Again, I'm wearing a Leafs hat. Freddie Anderson wasn't fucking Vesna Freddie. When he was uh, when he was between the pipes for the Leafs when it came to down to brass tacks, right in, in the playoffs yeah. at point. So that would be something I'd worry about on that end. Um, you're making valid points though, Hayden. So, but the thing is with New York, like I think they're a very they've shown up often in the playoffs. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals twice with a very similar roster. So I think you're underrating the Islanders a bit. And they had and- Bo. They had yeah. Bo. <laughs> like, I fit like, like I, the game changer. <laughs> Bo Scorvet. Like, I, but I, I think the Islanders play a very good brand of playoff hockey. It's very boring. But when you play a similar style of another team, it makes it hard to beat because they know how to play just like you. And when they play similar styles, it's very tough to beat. But like, when you play a younger Devils team where, they play a different brand. You can shut them down in different ways and then jump on different opportunities. But the Islanders play very similar to Carolina, so they play them tougher. And so I, I that's why I had the Islanders beating Carolina because they they swept Pittsburgh one year and then I mean got swept the series after. But let's ignore that. But they went. They were one shorthanded goal away from not going in to potentially going to the Stanley Cup finals and playing the Montreal Canadiens who shouldn't have been there. So like the Islanders are a very good team. And I still think Carolina with the roster they had, not 100% healthy, still had a very tough road to get to where they are even though they finished top of their division. Mm-hmm. So I think both teams deserve to be where they are and I just think Carolina's coached better and they're built better all around that they're just going to beat Florida in six. And I'm three for 12 these playoffs, so I'm not the best opinion to ride. So it's probably going to be Florida in five. But (laughs) I'm going to ride what I think and I got Carolina in six. So that's I just wanted to state that opinion about Florida and Carolina. But um all right, Hayden, do you wanna uh write that down so that we don't forget again? 
Yeah, I can write um, that down. So I got Carolina in six. Chris got Carolina five. And you got him in seven. Uh, and Paul, Florida, and Florida in six. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give a little uh, shout out there. Um, all right, Western Conference Final. Very, very interesting series. A rematch of the bubble. Um, Dallas, Vegas. Dallas beating Seattle and Minnesota to get here. Vegas beating Winnipeg and Edmonton to get here. Well, Chris, I'll go to you first this time. What do you think about this series? Uh, I think it depends what Dallas team shows up. You know, the thing that scares me about Dallas is they're inconsistent. Um, you know, I wouldn't say Vegas was super consistent either when they were playing Edmonton, but um, I, I'm leaning that I think uh, Vegas is going to have this in six. So I think that it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a Vegas Carolina final on that side. Um, I got to give hats off to Jack Eichel. You know, he's he's playing great. That neck surgery, he's he's. Show him Buffalo shit. They should have just let him do what he wanted to do, right? You know, yeah, he's playing great. Um, it, it all depends on uh, if Ottinger decides to go put it on and just go rock it, right? Then Dallas will really have a good, uh, a good, a good, uh, good chance at at moving on. But I do think Vegas is is where it's at on that side. They're just too complete of a team for everything that we talked about with that pre with the series in Edmonton and even just the inconsistencies with Dallas. All right, Ed. I'm gonna follow in Chris's footsteps here. Uh, I also have Vegas in six. They are a complete team. Uh, and I know I talked highly about Ottinger, and if he could turn it on, then it could be Dallas' series. But it's just too unpredictable. And with a team like Vegas, who has come in and destroyed Connor Hellebuck, Vesna candidate, and then come in and just completely shut down the like fucking wagon that Edmonton is, I don't see what Dallas has other than, you know, those two teams uh, that makes me scream Dallas is going to win this unless it's Ottinger. But Ottinger is going to have to come out and play like he did against Calgary last year to even have a chance. So, yeah, give me Vegas and six. So I, I have something courtesy of Big Head Hockey on Twitter. Um, they post a lot of stats from players they have a lot of niche stats on a player versus a certain team in his career blah 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 blah. i got ottinger's stats versus vegas in his career he's 4-0 with 120 saves on 125 shots 1.18 goals against average 960 save percentage and one shutout jesus fucking christ so if anyone Vegas. <laughs> so if he is to show up in any series, it has all the ingredients to be this one. Going off of history. But based on what I've seen, I'm still gonna ride Vegas. And I think it's gonna be Vegas in seven. And I think it's gonna be a very competitive series. Much more, it's not gonna be a Vegas Edmonton series where each game is going to be five, one current flip flopping teams. 
I don't think it's going to be that at all. Mm-hmm. I think each game is going to be decided no more than two goals. Like, I think it's going to be a lot of close games. And I think Dallas could win game one of this series. Like, I think they could go up on Vegas and they could really, like, put the pressure on them. But based on what I've seen, the way Vegas is built defensively, they're fucking massive dudes. I don't know what they're feeding those guys, but, like, Hag, Petrangelo, Theodore, like, they're fucking massive body. White Cloud is an unbelievable mid defensive pairing like top four defense defenseman like vegas just has all the workings of a very tough playoff team and based on dallas's inconsistencies i'm gonna go vegas in seven but i still think dallas is gonna step it up this series and play a lot better than they have the previous two and really make it difficult it could be a back and forth and i think it's just gonna be vegas just takes it in the seventh game like I won't be surprised if Dallas wins in six. I will not be surprised. But based on what I've seen out of Vegas, I'm going them in seven. This one is very tough for me to gauge just because of how weird Dallas is. If that makes any sense. Makes a ton of sense. It makes Yeah, makes a ton of sense. But yeah, uh, as soon as I saw Ottinger's record, I'm like, well, now what do I do? Fuck. There you go. I was so confident in Vegas, and now I see this shit, and I'm like, this guy's just a demon against Vegas. But, all right. Well, uh, that's the series. We're, we're going to go on to some award nominations. Um, some of them are pretty chalk, but some of them you could talk about and kind of decide on where it should go. But uh, we got the Heart nominees coming out. And I think they were Chef's Kiss, uh, Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, and Matthew Kachuk. And I honestly think if it's not consensus McDavid, I'd be very surprised just off the season he had. But I think mm-hmm. all these nominees are worthy of the heart. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Aiden. I'll, I'll pull up the rear. It's... No, this is this is very chalk, but it's very correct. <laughs> you you couldn't have hit it more on the head because all three of these gentlemen had MVP seasons. Uh, it's a shame for Kachuk and Pasternak the to have this great of a season because McDavid just had a, the best season that we've <laughs> seen in a very long time. A very long time. So there's yeah. just there's no question that it's going to be McDavid. Um but yeah, all three of these gentlemen should be given a huge pat on the back because uh, they've they've completely just outperformed everyone's expectations. So love that for all of them. I, I agree. I think that that all three were really good. I think Kachuk was a if it wasn't for McDavid's season, Kachuk probably would have, this would have been his award, you yeah. know, because he was, he truly was. Florida would not be where they are without him. I agree. You know, so, um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that pasta is, is unbelievable. Uh, great choice as well. But uh, McDavid, this is, this is one they don't even, they, should just be like, all right, we're opening up the show with McDavid walking up for the heart. There's no point in 
having like, right. a, and, a and I think Pasta and Kachuk know that, but they're still happy. They're like, well, yeah, we're nominated, but this guy had 164 points and 64 goals. Like it was just like, I mean, oh, he's unreal. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Unreal. Uh, the Vesna, as Hayden alluded to earlier, Connor Hellebuck, Ilya Sorokin, and Linus Olmark. Olmark had a 40, 60, and two record this year in 49 starts. He was an absolute demon this year. You could say it was because of Boston's forward and defense, but you could also say Boston was what they were because of Olmark. I just think they were a very good team all around, one of the best team in history. Sorokin put New York on, I guess Sorokin and Hellebuck put their teams on their back to carry them to the playoffs. One snub, though, I think Soros should have been nominated over Hellebuck. I think Soros was an absolute beast, but I think the one deciding factor was Nashville wasn't in the playoffs. Playoffs, yep. But what are your guys' thoughts on these nominations? Uh, I think they're they make sense. Uh, I think it will likely be Olmark, but I, I think that it should be Sorokin. Yeah, is I respect that. I respect I that. that. I think that that's where, when you look at that team, that like the teams that they're on. Fuck, man. Boston's Boston was a juggernaut. They just had such a good team. Their defense was good. Their forwards were unbelievable. And then just look at what Swayman's stats were when he went in net, right? He, he, it wasn't like, every, he, was a, he, he was a hot garbage, right? Whereas, yeah. you know, Sor- Sorokin was just ridic- ridiculous. Like that Islander team was, they're not that good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if it wasn't for him, like it, it if they had, uh, what was a, they had uh, old school Lou back there, Luongo yeah. in his first year, they wouldn't be doing too well, right? Yeah. So. There's a reason why Olmark only had to play 49 games. Like they didn't need him a lot because. And that's it. That's, that's the thing. I think it's hard to, it'd be hard to, to give Olmark the Vesna for the fact that he was almost, splitting duty in a quasi way it wasn't like mika kiprasov like fuck that i'm you're not taking me out of this net sort of deal right yeah. um but I, I do think that it'll it'll end up going to Allmark. yeah like Allmark had he was 40 60 and two with a 118 and a 935 like he had a like he was unbelievable but swayman yeah. was divide every Allmark's numbers by two mm-hmm. like his record by two and yeah. I think that was Swayman's, and he had similar stats. So, yeah. Aiden, what are your thoughts on the nominations for the Vesna? Again, I think they, I think they hit it pretty much on the head. It, there's, yeah, like you say, Soros probably could have snuck in there, uh, but honestly, I, I think it's just it's got to go to you know probably one person so it really doesn't matter who you're putting in there they yeah. all and it sucks because it's like everyone who had a great season someone had an even better season it's drew Brees and peyton manning and patrick mahomes all over a fucking game yeah drew Brees had mvp season peyton manning patrick mm. mahomes and it's like yeah. man fuck off yeah <laughs> Yeah. So like, the year Mahomes won it, everyone wanted to give it to Breeze just because out of courtesy, but everyone knew Mahomes was the MVP. But it's like, man, Breeze has an MVP season, and then this kid throws 55 touchdowns. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, fuck yeah. me. Yeah. 
But uh, we're going to go to this one. It'll probably be quick. Uh, the Ted Lindsay, Carlson, McDavid, and Pasternak. Uh, Carlson clipping 100 points for the first time since who knows how long it's been a fucking minute. But again, McDavid got 164 points with 65 goals. So I think this one's pretty chalk, but it's Carlson had himself a hell of a year um, offensively, at least. But you guys agree it's probably just going to McDavid and these nominations were pretty spot on. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll go to the Norris, which I think is the most controversial one. We got Eric Carlson. Adam Fox and Kale McCarr. Uh, Carlson, like I alluded to, um, clipped 100 points, but he was one of the worst defensive players in the league. Kale McCarr played 62 games. Adam Fox played upwards, closer to 82. I can't remember exactly how much he's played, but I think he is my Norris pick. I think he had the best all-around season defensively, offensively, team impact in general. But I don't think Kale McCarr should be a nominee. I think it should be Darlene, Morrissey, or Dougie Hamilton. like Or even Brandon Montour. I think Kale McCarr is down the list because despite his performance, I think missing 62 games, I think that plays a big impact, whereas these guys had very similar years to him and were healthy. But... I'll drop the mic there. I gave my winner. I think it'll go to Carlson, but I think Fox deserves it. And I don't think one of Darlene, Hamilton, Montour, or Morrissey should be in over McCarr. I'll let you guys take it from here. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, McCarr's in there just purely because of the name. I mean, it's almost like he should be, but at the same time, uh, you would never give it to anyone or you'd never nominate anyone else who had missed that amount of games, mm-hmm. regardless of how good he played in the games that he did play. Uh, there's so many other defensemen that, that had such an outstanding year. And the fact that they're giving it to Makar, just it, it, it proves that it was just probably a bump because Last year, he did have an amazing season. And into this year, it was like, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be great. He's going to be amazing. And the hype just died with it. So I agree with uh, Makar shouldn't be in there. And personally, maybe a little bit favored. I would definitely put Montour in there. Yep, that's fair. Jeez, we know what he's asking for for Christmas next year. He's getting his Florida jersey. Jeez, yeah, no kidding. Good lord. By the time I'm in Jupiter. Yeah, I I think Fox out of the three three that are there, Fox makes the most sense. He's the most complete defenseman. Um, I do think it's hard to say that that Carl Carlson had a great could win the green jacket in this one for for the lowest score there on the plus yeah. minus side, but. I don't know. He's, I won't lie. I didn't watch a ton of, of San Jose Sharks games, but um, their team wasn't very good. So it's really hard to kind of say the plus minus is a great idea and a great measure on that front. Uh, I do think Morrissey should have been in there instead of Makar. 
like with the fact that he hasn't played that many games, not saying impact wasn't great, but still like it, it Morrissey meant a lot more on that side, I think to the jets than anything else. Uh, but yeah, I think Fox should win. Carlson's likely to win because it's who gave the most points and who had the flashiest name. And I think people want to romanticize as well. You know, this is 2015 Carlson, yeah lugging the the senators nearly to the stanley cup finals right so this is a f- massive narrative on carlson's season which is why That's i think it. he'll win it because mm-hmm. it's very nostalgic but yeah uh, yep. yeah i think we sound like a broken record but i don't yep. really think he deserves it yeah not to say he didn't have a great year but just like based on what the award is i think mm-hmm. fox fits the mold a lot better uh all right we'll go to the calder Natty Beneers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner. Uh, I think Skinner being here is going to have a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But he had a great year as a 23-year-old playing goalie in the NHL. He was took the starting position from Campbell after signing a 5x5. Five five. He played great this season, but I think Beneers was great both ways, putting up 60 points just about. So I think he's fully deserving, and I think all these guys are deserving of being nominated. But, um, hey, no, Chris, what do you guys think? I, I think I think they nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris, you go. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Beniers has got it. You know, it's um, yeah. They're all they're all they're all right. I don't think any of the rookies this year were as were jaw dropping. You know, this was a pretty lame year for rookies in all honesty like i, I watched owen power enough with what with the leafs and and sabers playing several times and i didn't come away going watch out for owen power you know he, he didn't really blow my socks off you know so Kuzmenko he, was born eight months later this award is his yeah there it is exactly it's fucking it's the nhl's against vancouver man yeah, I know. It's, it's just, bullshit. just bullshit, man. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Batman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Amen. Your words, not mine. <laughs> um, the Selkie, uh, Bergeron, Heischer, Mar- uh, Marner. I think anytime Bergeron's name is thrown in this, it's his. So I don't really think we have to spend a lot of time on this, but it's good to see Heischer getting his flowers. Um, I think Patterson deserved close to top three. I didn't really see his name stirred around in the upwards part of the top three, but I think Pedersen really deserved to be here um, based on the season he had with Vancouver, clipping 100, and he was very good defensively this year, but all these guys are great two-way players, um, and I think it's Bergeron's. Hard not to give it to Bergeron with the season that that Boston had and what he's like, you know, And, and I think this is to the swan song, right? I think this is another narrative one where it's probably his last year, you know, he has it on that front. He he's just unbelievable, right? Such a great he he's this age is Bob Gainey. Yeah. Right? He's just so fucking good. You know, he he could if it wasn't for health, he could keep on playing, you know. Uh I think it's telling that Marner's in there as a winger. That's the one thing I would say that that that's very different. I know I kind of got my my leaf, uh my blue shaded glasses on to look at it. But it's pretty shocking that a winger would be in there as a uh, as a Selkie nominee. 
you know, that's like he's shown it in years past how good he is defensively and how much he commits himself to being a good defensive forward. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people knew how good he was. It was just a matter of time before he got thrown into it. And I think he's fully deserving of being here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Position. Absolutely. Aid? Yeah. The award should be uh, renamed to his name for a reason, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard not to give it to him so that will inevitably why Bergeron gets it so I'm not surprised now do you guys think it should be forwards who are great offensively who also play good defensively or should it be just strictly defensive forwards who maybe don't put up a lot of points but are defensive beasts do you like the way it is now or do you think it should go towards more strictly defensive forwards Oh, it's the old saying for the Selkie is that the Selkie went to the best player who didn't win the heart. You know, that's what, that's what it used to be. Right. So it's not, it truly, you aren't really calling out the best defensive forward when this is going on. Right. Like there's, if that's the case, there's a guy that played in Montreal and plays in LA right now that would like to is sitting on line three and would like to have a talk with the NHL, you know, So it, it, I, I think that it's fine the way it is. I think you need to have some star power, but you know, to slide out, uh, shit, I don't know, name, name somebody else that, that, that's a great defensive freaking uh, Yannick Perot. I don't know, shit, something like that. No one's going to be that excited to talk about him. Right. You know, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, the Adams, Montgomery, Hackstall and Ruff. Um, I think a lot of these Boston players are going to win it, but I honestly think Hackstall deserves it. Um, biggest win improvement and point improvement in NHL history from like based on an expansion team, 19 wins, 40 points. Great team. Didn't really have a lot of expectations going into this year. He had a lot of narratives around like he's on the hot seat. They might move coaches pretty soon. Like it just doesn't seem like, I think they hired him to fire him pretty quick, but I think he's fully deserving of winning the Adams. And I think me and Hayden's five-year-old nephew could have coached this Boston team to the playoffs, let alone. But I also think Montgomery coached them to the best team to ever play. So it's tough not to give it to Montgomery, but I think Haxall deserves it more, if that makes sense. Hayden, I'll go to you. What do you? What's your opinion? Yeah, it's it's just amazing. You guys are filling out every word that I need to say. I completely agree with you, Jeff. <laughs> I don't. I, there's nothing more to add. It, like, like you said, fucking even Griffin could have done. It, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much to to coach a team like that. So there's it's it's no surprise when you're like, oh yeah. They were great. What what else is there to say? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Hackstall. It's it's impressive what he was able to do with with Seattle, and uh, you know, I think it's it's it'd be a good win for them to have. I think it'd be pretty interesting if they get to the rookie of the year and they get the coach of the year, right? So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the Lady Bing. This one's kind of I don't really know much about, but may as well mention it. Uh, the Best player who has 
excellent playing ability this year who also showed the best sportsmanship. So basically most points with least amount of penalty minutes wins this award. Uh, Jack Hughes, Kopitar, and Braden Point. Um, I'm pretty sure Kopitar had like 78 points in four penalty minutes. Point had like 95 and 10, and Hughes had 99 and six or something. I looked at it briefly earlier today, but I think it'll go to Kopitar or Hughes, but I honestly like they all kind of deserve it because it's they're all in the same realm. But I think they'll give it to the vet because I don't think he was supposed to put up 75 points this year. So yeah, I, I think that the reason Kopitar would get it is he plays a different style of yeah. game than what point and what Hughes did. You know, he plays a rougher game, a harder game. He's in the corners, he's in the muck. He he he's usually up there with Bergeron sitting there. Uh, for the Selkie, right? He he's in those grinder modes where he could take a lot more penalties and and whatnot. So I think that that makes a lot more sense for him. Uh, him winning this one on that side, I agree. Hey, do you have anything to add? Um, honestly, just like you, I'm I'm not really sure. Like, there could have been a lot of people that maybe have been selected for this but when you look at the ones who were put in for the nominees it kind of brings a light to your life and you're like oh yeah that's 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 right Braden point did have just a stellar season 51 goals <laughs> it's like okay with like quite so 51 goals i've ever seen so yeah. it's because there are too uh, many people with 60 yeah in facts yeah no they're uh it's just, yeah, these guys are absolutely incredible. Like, I, I think, and then without like the penalty minutes too, come on. Like Pedersen could have been in here. Like he had a hundred and two points in like eleven or like twelve or fourteen penalty minutes. Like he kind of exemplified this award as well. But I mean, these guys, I think penalty minutes is the start, but then points come second. So mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Oh. Boys, I've got a breaking one here for you. Oh, so this is preliminary, but I don't know if you know about the whole vote that's going on in Tempe, Arizona today. Yeah, they're voting on the rink. The preliminary results are that the no's going to win. Really? That's the preliminary. Not all ballots are count- counted, but it's 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 looking like they're yeah, it's in it, it's in the mid fifties for a no. So like that's like I think you're gonna see you're gonna see the return of the Houston Arrows soon. Holy shit! That's a Freeman's April Fool's tweet is gonna come to life. Well, fuck, man! I thought I thought Austin was playing there next. Everybody was saying Austin's playing in fucking Phoenix next year. Yeah. Now he's gonna be playing in L.A. with Kevin Fiala. That was it. Hey man, that's my, that, that'd be my pick. If you were to trade him, if he's not going to, if he wants more than, than probably 13, 13, five trade him, can't do yeah. it, you know, send him to LA and see what you can get. Cause they got, they've got some full ass cupboards there. So, but, and he's born in LA. So yeah. There you go. There it is. All Sorry, right. I didn't mean to jump in with that one. I just oh, saw that. No, slide, I, I'm, glad you, that I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. It's a uh, perfect. It's perfect. But, uh, that's hockey news. Uh, we're going to do our 
game of the week. We haven't done one in a while because of how packed each show was, but as me and Hayden promised earlier, we're going to do drafts for each major championship in the PGA world, and it is the PGA Championship week. So probably the least exciting major of the four, if I had to be completely honest. But (laughs) we're still living to our word, and we're doing a draft, and we welcome Chris Middleton to the to the major draft. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to it. So we're gonna, Chris, we're doing a snake style draft. One, two, three, right. one. You know the whole deal. As guest of the show, what spot do you want to be selecting in? One, two, or three. I'll go deuce. Give me the deuce. deuce. All right. Hade, you know the deal here. Heads. Hey, Siri, heads or tails? It is tails. Oh, fuck's sakes. So I'll go, I'll go third. I'll wrap it around. Uh, I hate starting first. Yeah, I hate Uh, starting first, so that's why I stemmed away from it. But mm. and there's no uh we're not we're not doing like any um I don't think there's specifics. anything we have specifics we have to I said one Canadian but it doesn't look like there's a ton in the field so we're just going to do you can draft anyone. All right. All right. Well, uh I think it'd be stupid to not uh do this. Um John Rom. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. John Rom, best player in the world. So uh, coming off Masters win, um, worked for you last time. It will work for you this time. Yep. Not. All right. Chris. <laughs> oh, that's good. I- I'm going with Scheffler. Scotty. Going with yep. Scotty. Yeah, hard not to do that. And yeah. uh, I'll I'll go defending champion. I'm going to go Justin Thomas. Ooh, there you go. I'm going to go Justin Thomas here. Based on Hayden's face, it seems like I missed a player. No, no, I just didn't didn't ever think you would go Justin Thomas. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, now this is, I want to go this player here, but like I think I might be able to pick him down the road. But... All right, I'll just pick him. I think he's chasing the career grand slam. Jordan Spieth. Not a bad pick. Nice. Oh, Jordan Spieth. I will go Patrick Cantlay. Oh. Patty. Oh. Over under six and a half hours, he'll finish around. Hey, man, that's how he's going <laughs> to. He's going to lull the fuckers to sleep. He's going to measure that putt. He's going to make sure it goes in and got that one. So, you know, he's going to wait 20 minutes before he gets on the green. Well, he has Tiger's guy on the bag now. So there you go. (laughs) Hmm. All right. Hmm. There's a lot of players I could go as well here. I definitely know who I want to take at the end of mine. Past winner, too. But. Looking at the field, not really seeing a lot of 
a lot of people I like to take for the second overall pick. For me, at least, uh, I guess yeah, second yeah. round pick, I should say. Um, you know what? It worked out for me. He's a two-time winner already, and I love his play style. So, and he's back on my team. Give me Brooksy. Hey, Brooksy. <laughs> and then, uh, how many rounds are we doing again, Jeff? Sorry, we'll do five. Five. Okay. Uh, and then for my next one, give me Rory. Rory. Yeah. yeah, can't go Solid wrong. With, can't go wrong with the Irishman. Yeah. In in honor of the NHL playoffs and and NHL awards, I'm gonna go with DJ. 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 Yeah. We're gonna take bring on DJ. Fucking Paulina. That's right. That's right. Bombshell. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go. Uh, one of the best iron players in the world, and if I'm not mistaken, he. Did he win this award two years ago? Or did he win the U.S. Open? Can't remember. I'm going Colin Morikawa. Try and look. I think he won it before JT, but I can't remember if that was... Uh, he won it. Yeah, he won it once. Uh, 2020? 2021? 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then this one... Fuck, he's 24? Oh, it's stupid. So I, this guy always shows up in majors, but I don't know if he has a win under his belt yet, but I'm going to ride the hot hand in the majors. I'm going Cam Young. Cameron Young. Mm -hmm. One of the thickest beards I've ever seen in my life. He does. He does not have a win under his belt at this specific tournament. But he's always like runner up somehow in every single yep. major I've seen. So yeah, I'm just gonna is... stick with that. And he's a good young, no pun intended, player. So I'm gonna pick him for Jeremy Faith's team. Chris, your fourth and second to last pick. Victor. Oh, Pavlik. What a pick! That uh, uh, was that was my that was my four, but now I'm going go a fucking different direction here. Hovland's a stud. Hovland's a stud. Absolutely. I think he. I think this is a good one for him. He he could have won the Masters if it wasn't for can't uh, can't play. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Can't um, play fast. Damn, Jeff. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Give me my fucking uh, round of applause. No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go for my fourth. I'm going to go Xander Shoffley. Nice. Xander with an X. Yeah. What a fucking name. Spelling it out, man. Yeah. Two Fs. And then past winner, a man who is finding the fountain of youth, uh, the 64 degree himself. Two-time winner, oldest player to ever win it, uh, Phil Mickelson. There you go. He he's playing like hot it. on the live tour right now. He's even doing like YouTube videos again. Mm-hmm. But he's on it. Flop shot God with the PH at the absolutely. Front. Yeah. All right, Chris, your final pick. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a a, a long shot here, potentially just right there with the Philly Mickelson. I'm gonna go with. The man who made Puma cool, who made Ooh. the King Cobras, 
brought them back. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, the guy with the sushi board. <laughs> Ricky Fowler. Mr. Color himself. That's right. Give me those fucking neon green pants, baby. Yeah, that guy is fucking due for a win. Absolutely. He is due. Okay, now I feel like I got to go for a long shot if you guys are picking long shots. Who said Phil was a long shot? <laughs> Kristen. I did. <laughs> uh, two-time, two-time winner. I, I was. I'm, I thought you were talking about... But does that Dan mean I'm supposed, I'm supposed to fucking pick Fred Couples then, or what, if you're picking the previous winner? I'm going... Hey, 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 I'm, not, I'm not trying to... I'm going Gary Player. Gary oh. Blair, I love it. The fucking karate kick oh. master. <laughs> um, oh, man. Who? Oh, damn. I, I should have picked Hayden Buckley. He's the same name as me. Okay. So it's not spelled the same. I don't necessarily, necessarily know if he's a long shot, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I'm going to go uh, Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. Yeah, the Englishman. God, he has a forehead on him. Oh, I know. He he always shows up big in random tournaments, and I think he could you could play uh you could play big for me this uh this week here. I almost I almost went John Daly because I know man, he's going. He is in <laughs> the field. I almost man. went there. I almost, I almost went. went John Daly. Yeah. Uh, we'll do we'll do one more round in tiebreakers because. In the Masters draft, we had Hayden's first overall pick, Willie Z. He withdrew before he even started. So we're going to pick one more player, but he only counts if one of your players gets hurt. Ooh. So, well, uh, technically is my pick, but since we're throwing it in, we'll go back to Hayden for the one, two, three. For, uh, no, 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 Okay. Um, I'm going to pick Cam Smith. The mullet god himself from the land down under. I come from the land down under. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm thinking... Um... I'll go with Jason Day. Ooh, coming off his first win in five years, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, he's fucking riding that hot hand. He saw the Florida Panthers, and he's just going to fucking keep it going. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, give me the homosexual himself. Oh, that's I was between him and Cam Smith. <laughs> I always feel like it's just a meme. Like, fuck. He he was playing so good, and then he's just kind of falling off a cliff. But you know what? If he's just on my bench uh, for the random-ass time that someone pulls out, I swear to God, if he wins, though, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> the homosexuals. The homosexual. Man. Love it. All right, boys. This was a fun-ass episode. Uncle Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate uh, I it. Loved it. Felt like it was only perfect to have you on after all the bantering we've been doing back and forth throughout these oh, playoffs. Yeah. I wanted to get your input on everything Leafs and 
playoffs so far. So appreciate it once again. Um, sorry if we yeah. kept you for too long, but no, nah, man, I could keep going, man. I was gonna gonna add the give you a U.S. perspective on a few things that you guys are missing that that uh, we didn't really have time for. But uh, you know, uh, it's that it you're doing a great job. Like, keep it up. You guys are listening regularly. You guys are really kicking ass, doing a great, great job with this. So it's coming through great. See if you can watch as much, much more TNT feeds if you can. They're doing such a good job with the broadcast. They, they, they play are, it. They play it a ton up yeah, here. And yeah, uh, Biz is Biz is lighting it up. Biz Nasty's lighting it up. Anson Carter looks like a fucking fish out of water when he's on Sportsnet when he go when he's on there because it's just so different. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're doing such a good job. No, but it, the whole like TNT broadcast, like with Barkley, Shaq, Ernie, Kenny, the jet, like they got it perfect over in the NBA and they're doing like the very similar style oh, yeah. in the NHL. Liam McHugh does a great job great and driving the bus, mm-hmm. Rick Tockett, And when he was going back and forth with biz about, the game's already over between Carolina and New Jersey, and they were betting live on air and oh, yeah. going back and forth. Biz is shotgunning Red Bulls to keep his energy going during the late games, and he's breaking down plays extremely well from the overhead camera. Like mm-hmm. he's breaking it down great. TNT's got it perfect, and right yeah. now, fucking Sportsnet is a wet paper towel on the Sportsnet. Roof. Sportsnet so is is it's, hot garbage. It's, like it's. BX's BX and Friedman are doing a great job trying to like keep the energy going. But right now, Ron McClain, he needs to go constantly defending the refs when they shouldn't be defended. Kelly Rudy sucks. He's just, I'm, I'm don't like Kelly Rudy as an analyst. I like Dave Amber driving the bus. Um, might be a bit of a homer because I interviewed him, but I like Dave (laughs) Amber. But yeah, TNT is just firing on all cylinders right now. They just, they just need a little bit more energy. TSN is light light years ahead of what Sportsnet is when it comes to energy on things. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know that's that's what's interesting on that side. I'm glad that you guys are able to see it. The interest down here and and Jeb, I don't know if I sent this to you. Like I I wake up every morning and I watch Good Morning America. Throw throw that on, see what's going on. Every fucking day they talk about the NBA playoffs and. This is today was the first day or two days ago was the first day I saw the NHL playoffs talked about when uh, the stars won. never brought up a single thing show highlights on that and that on good morning America never talked about it. So, well, it's just insane with like game six elimination game. All they had was Mark Messier and one other guy while Sportsnet was had a full house on the panel and ESPN was airing the game at 10 p.m. Eastern like. The only well, you, game yeah. of the day, it's like you're yeah. playing it that late with two yeah. of the best players in an elimination game. Like, and like, what's well, you going know, on? You know what? End up, do you know what what ended up happening with all that? With the how they they oh, yeah. NHL went back and forth with ESPN two. Yeah. Best yeah, part need, is the fu- the fucking game started on ESPN two. Yeah, it still got on the station they were trying to avoid it to be on. Like, it's just Gary Bettman and their group is just. The owners, I get why they like him because he has grown the game for them. But they need to look at a holistic picture and look at where revenue and where the growth of the NBA is, where the NFL is, and where Major League Baseball is. They've all gone up like this. The NHL has gone up like this. Like, it's just there's no comparison, man. They're just 
So th- there's growth. Yeah. But th- there's just no exposure. And th- the interest in the playoffs is just fucking killing them. You know, there's just, you don't see it here. That's all. It's just, it's, you don't see what you want to see here. It's unfortunate. It's such a niche, niche sport. So they're just getting in their own way. It's like they're doing it to themselves. No, hundred percent. We could have a whole podcast on that one and talk about that shit sometime. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll avoid going four and a half hours and there get ourselves in bed at appropriate time. But Chris, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Appreciate um, it, boys. I don't know if there's anything you want to promote at all or uh, plug. If Absolutely if not. I uh, I know you guys usually throw out your Twitter handle on that. I don't say shit on mine. I think I, the last time I sent out a message was, uh, uh, fuck, two, three years ago, if that. And I just got blocked by Damian Cox, so it's all good. I'm happy about that. So he he can go fuck himself. So Love it. It's all good. You did your deed for the year. It's perfect. There we go. There we go. <laughs> hey, where can the where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. You can follow me on Instagram at Drevin.lefave, on Twitter at DrevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. And subscribe to the YouTube where you can catch the podcast in video form, LeftSideHeavy. Subscribe, like, comment, share. Do all that. Helps grow the show. KBNR coming this Friday. Me and Hayden have no idea what we're doing yet, but we'll have an episode for you then. And thank you so much for listening, watching, and all of the above. Peace. Peace.